Blog Talk Radio. And I want to tell you something. We're in a season where I believe God is going to have people to go back and revisit things that God has spoken concerning their life, and they're going to wrap their face. They're going to wrap their face in the calling of God. Good being with you today. This is Pastor Brad Morgan of New Life Beginnings Church, and for the last couple of weeks I've been ministering on uh, the life of Elijah, a message, What Are You Doing Here?, and I've been talking about the the transition that the Lord took uh, Elijah to. And many times before a transition, there can be a crisis. And in a crisis, the Lord has spoken to me two different things about a crisis through myself and also through a man of God, Kim Clement. A crisis is a hidden opportunity. I like that, a hidden opportunity. And also a crisis is we get to discover who Christ is. And so Elijah is in the process of discovering who Christ is. And he'd been fighting a battle, a long battle for about three and a half years, and he declared that there'd be no rain except at his voice, and then the time came for there to be to be rain, and it's interesting that Elijah showed up on the scene, and he said there'd be no more rain except at his word, so he began to declare that, and uh, James calls that prayer, so we know a part of prayer is declaring the counsel of God, declaring the word of God. But also in 1 Kings chapter 18, he sent his servant seven times, and he didn't accept when his servant told him there is nothing. He didn't accept it because God had already spoken to him a word. And I want to tell you something. When God has spoken to you a word, one of the biggest enemies can be time. But I want to help you with that. God is outside of time. God is eternal. And so time does not have to be an enemy. And just because there's been a delay, there's not a denial. And I really believe we're in the season where God is breaking that spirit of delay and things that we've been believing for are going to manifest, are going to manifest right before our eyes. And so the rain came, and uh, when the rain came, God gave Elijah supernatural strength because he was able to run, First Kings eighteen forty six. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and r- ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I like that. I just saw something. He ran ahead of Ahab. I want to tell you something. No matter what attack has come, God is ahead of the devil. And the devil does not know how to stop you. The devil has limited information. He doesn't know how to stop you because the devil is limited. The devil is not all-knowing, but God is all-knowing. And so, man, such strength he had, and he ran ahead of Ahab to Jezreel. And then And then um, Jezebel, 
begin to declare that Elijah was going to be destroyed. So that spirit of Jezebel, and you know that spirit of Jezebel wants to stop, wants to stop the work of God, wants to stop the progress of God, and wants to bring great discouragement, depression, and but the whole attack is to stop, is to stop what God is doing, and and it really it almost did do that. But God told Elijah to uh, tend to his physical needs. He he told him, uh, verse five, First Kings nineteen five. Then as he lay and slept under a, a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I love that, suddenly. Suddenly. And God does things suddenly. Suddenly an angel touched him. And again, we see this. Elijah is in a horrible place. He ran for his life, but he went to Beersheba. Beersheba is the well of the oath, the well of the seven. It's the well of covenant. Even though he was running for his life, he went to the well of the seven. And he left his servant there, but he went a day's journey into the wilderness. I want to tell you something. When you get away from what God has called you to do, you're going into the wilderness. But God is still there. Because if you go to Deuteronomy, we discover that the wilderness was for the purpose of of teaching the Israelites that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so this angel touched him and told him, get up, arise, get up and eat. So he ate and drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him, said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. And this just shows the importance when we're in a season of transition, we have to learn how to feed ourselves. We have to learn how to feed ourselves spiritually. Arise and eat because this journey is too great. It's too great for you. You can't handle this. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. That was some kind of food. But I want to tell you something in, in our season in the wilderness, God can give us food that will sustain us. Forty is the number of testing. In the wilderness, God can give us food that will sustain us all the way through the wilderness, but also God can give us defining moments and life lessons into the wilderness. But then he went into the cave and spent the night in that place and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I want to tell you something. Whenever God asks you, What are you doing here? You don't know the answer. But Elijah thought he knew the answer. So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. He said, I'm the only one serving God. Uh, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. It's interesting in the Old Testament, God would call people to go up to meet the prophet. So he's on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, 
and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. He was not in the wind, but I want to tell you something. Sometimes God is in the wind because God started the church with a rushing, mighty wind. But this time he's not in the wind. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But sometimes the Lord is in the fire because the scripture says that God will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. But the Lord is not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So the, the point of this passage is not to teach that the only way God speaks is a still small voice. No, that's not the point at all. I know people have taught that, but that is not the point of the passage. The point of the passage is God is meeting Elijah where he's at. And he's telling him, you've got to learn to hear me. And you're not the only one. And look at this. And after the fire, a still small voice. And that word still small voice means a delicate whispering voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. When he wrapped his face in his mantle, he heard this whispering. And I believe, now I can't prove this, but I believe God began to speak to him and God began to love on him. Because when he wrapped his face in the mantle, he was actually saying, God, I know that I'm called to be prophet. I know that I'm anointed to be a prophet, and I want to wrap my face in the calling of God. In other words, I'm not going to quit on the calling of God, but I'm going to wrap my face in the calling of God. And I want to tell you something. We're in a season where I believe God is going to have people to go back and revisit things that God has spoken concerning their life, and they're going to wrap their face. They're going to wrap their face in the calling of God. He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, look at this, suddenly. So in this season of transition, we can expect God's suddenly. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. I want to tell you something. He's like a broken record. See, again, God's asking him, what are you doing here? Because the children of Israel has forsaken your covenants, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nishi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Now it's interesting, the first two things that God told Elisha to do, he never did. He didn't do them. It happened during Elisha's life. But he told him, I want you to anoint Elisha because Elisha is going to take your place. He's going to take your place. So what did God tell him? This is so wonderful. Elijah was getting ready to quit, but God told him, 
I'm going to use you, Elijah, to release a generational blessing. And and your legacy is not just going to be in your life, but your legacy is going to be beyond your life. I'm releasing in you a generational blessing, and you'll pass this generational blessing upon your son, Elisha. He said, And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. In other words, he told him, he said, I just want to tell you something. You don't think there's anybody, but actually there's a number of people that have not bowed their knee to Baal, and there's a number of people that are serving me. And so he began to tell him, and he began to, to change. I believe with this word, he began to change a mindset where Elijah realized he was not the only one. He was not the only one. I don't care how hard you're serving God today, how zealous you are for God, how much you love God, you're not the only one. There's many people serving God. There's many expressions of the life of God. There's many streams. See, there's not just one stream. So many times we think what God is doing in us is the only stream. No, there's not one stream. There's many streams. But there's one river. You have a stream. And Jesus said to occupy until he comes. He said in Luke 19 to do business. I want you to do business until I come. In other words, Jesus said in Luke 19, I have a business. I have a family business. And I've given you a place in the business. And I want you to learn your place. I want you to learn your role. I want you to learn your role well. And as you learn to do your role, I will increase you and I will give you authority. And he said, you might start out as something small, but but I'm going to give you authority if you're faithful. He said, I'll give you authority over cities. It's very interesting to me because we are going to, um, I believe, rule with the Lord on earth a thousand years. And I believe our faithfulness in this life is preparing us for the life to come. And, you know, heaven is not a place where we're just going to sing and play harps. Heaven is a place of tremendous activity. And God says he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And I believe we're going to dwell on the earth and there's going to be things for us to do concerning the kingdom of God. So God is asking you the question. Maybe you're in a season where you're feeling sorry for yourself, where you're feeling like you're the only one, and God is asking you the question, what are you doing here? It's time to get up. And as you get up, I'm going to change your thinking, and I'm going to recommission you for the next season in your life. Father, I just pray for the listening audience today, God, and I believe you that there's going to be someone listening that needs to hear this word, and I loose the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and I loose the spirit of Barnabas to come alongside and to encourage and to strengthen the call on each individual life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Pastor Brad Morgan. It was good being with you today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I would like to encourage you to visit our website at newlifebeginningschurch.com. That's newlifebeginningschurch.com. There is a secure site there where you can sow into this ministry. If you'd like to sow by mail, our address is New Life Beginnings Church, P.O. Box 203, Patterson, Texas 77466. If you do not have a church home, I want to invite you to come visit ours. Our Sunday service is at 1030. The church address is 5609 FM 359 North, Brookshire, Texas 77423. We offer child care for the four-year-olds and younger. We also offer children's church for the five-year-olds up to fifth grade twice a month. On Wednesday nights, we reach out to the kids in the Brookshire Patterson area. We have service and classes that start at 7 p.m. If you have prayer requests or would like to speak with us, our church phone number is 281-802-8094. You can contact me by email at bmorgan542 at gmail.com. That's bmorgan542 at gmail.com. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. The best is yet to come wherever you get your podcast. This program is sponsored by New Life Beginnings Church. And again, this is Pastor Brad Morgan. And I would like to remind you the best is yet to come. We love you and thanks for listening.